You're listening to the Utah Checkdown Podcast. And now your hosts, Josh Furlong and Robert Jackson. Welcome back to another edition of the Utah Checkdown Podcast. My name is Josh Furlong, and I'm joined today with co-host Robert Jackson, as well as Solomon Enos, wide receiver from the University of Utah. We're, we're always happy to have him back on Mondays to, to talk to us about the game and, and anything else that, that's going on. So how's it going, Solo? <sighs> doing all right. Doing good, man. How are y'all doing? <laughs> doing well. I mean, bef- before we jump into all this, I have to update you guys on something, Okay. Last week, you guys gave me crap because I went through the drive-thru to get a drink, and all I got was a drink that had nothing in it, just regular soda. So I did it this week. I've got it right here in my hands, this right here from Fizz. Oh, Fizz. From Fizz. This one, we're gonna, it's called ba- Berry Bad Doctor. Let me tell you and? what's in it. It's got Dr. Pepper. It's got your cream. We had to get the cream soda, right? Like we had to have some of that in there. Got some shots of coconut, vanilla, and then it also has some raspberry puree. So it's a lot of sugar. Let's just say that. So, so you're I, buzzing right now. I don't know if I'm buzzing. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm sleep deprived. Sugar but... high. <laughs> it's just no, a lot of sugar. Every sip you take, you have to, I know it's pure sugar that you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, that, that is a lot of sugar. I mean, like, soda has a lot of sugar, but this, this feels, uh, See, so. if Solomon went to drink that, the team nutritionist would like knock the cup out of his hand before he <laughs> no. could actually make, the, make it to his mouth. Yeah, for real. Would you rather take that or coffee? See, I don't. I don't even like the smell of coffee, so like it doesn't. That doesn't appeal to me. Mm, okay. Okay. I'm thinking of the people that like get it as like a substitute, you know. But nah. Nope. Cheers no. to you, mate. I got water. You got water. It is a <laughs> That cream really hits though, man. It's it's a lot of sugar. Does it taste good though? Besides like it being sugary? Yeah, I mean it's it tastes like a really fruity Dr Pepper. That's what mm-hmm. I guess. I mean it's got coconut and raspberry, so I guess it would, right? See, I, I can get behind the drink, you know, something sweet, but it's when you pair it with one of those big cookies that are like the size oh, yeah. of your 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 foot, your head. It's like oh my gosh, like that's a sugar high. That's, that's diabetes waiting to happen. <laughs> diabetes. No, yeah, I'm, I'm cool off that. I can't even process how to even think. Nope. I hope you enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get you a gift card to, to Fizz, and you're going to have to try it one time after uh, after the season, right? Do See, like it. my – okay, I can't say that it's nasty, but, like, for example, would a cherry limeade – so I go to Sonic and get a cherry limeade. That would kind of be – yeah, I guess that would kind of be the same thing. I know it's sugary. Yeah. But like it doesn't have like pumps of coconut and this and that and creamer and you know, it's just like I think is like Sprite and some like syrup and just cherries and lime, I think. I- I'm not sure, but it's good. <laughs> so I'm not going to hate on it, but I'm not going to get all those flavors in it. Nope. It's it's good, right? I mean, it's 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 a huge business that people have. I I was actually when we were up in Eugene last week, I I saw that there's a crumble cookie now in Eugene. I'm like, okay, Utah's uh, taking over, and all the cookies and everything are coming up there. So, look, we're giving all these brands free advertisement. I, I I'm not a I'm not sure how we do that. So, let's <laughs> they're listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So next time, next time, no freebies. How about that? 
No, for Agreed. real. All right, so let's let's jump into the game. Obviously, it was a, a, a disappointment for you guys. Uh, you come out on the other end, uh, twenty to seventeen lost Oregon. It felt like there were opportunities to be made. Obviously, uh, you know, you, you guys weren't able to capitalize on offense. Kyle Whittingham talked about it being, uh, you know, just the, the offense wasn't in sync. Cam was was off. I, I know we all can say that. I know you don't have to get into that necessarily, but um, it just it just didn't kind of j- uh, flow very well at times. Um, and things kind of were left on the field. Kind of, kind of. What are your overall takeaways from that game? Um, I definitely agree that we didn't play our best game, and you know, I think we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. Like for example, that first drive when I hop in and and I have that block. You know, do I need to torque the guy? No, but you know, I'm just that's just me just being competitive and physical. I don't do it out of ill intention. I mean, I don't go out there to block and and cause a flag but like they called it and you know it's just little stuff like that that you can't get carried away with you know and i mean i know guys on the team can you know think of a moment it's like oh i could have done this better could have done that better um but yeah man i you know everything was lined up and i think it was just the little things that you know we we didn't capitalize on like you said um but by any means we don't have there's we don't have bad players or anything like that you know i've i've been hearing a lot of slander on cam and stuff like that it's just like it's just crazy to me, you know, it's just, I mean, he's the quarterback. He's going to have that. If something goes wrong, it's going to go straight to the quarterback. And I understand. I mean, he had a, some stuff like there's a couple plays, but every player does. It's just magnified because he plays quarterback. Cam's a great quarterback. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard to see because I've been through it, but like, it's hard to see when your teammates get slandered when a couple weeks ago they were doing good and everyone had a good opinion on him then. You know, and it, it's just everyone has a game. I had a, I had I didn't have a great game. Um, I know a couple guys can say the same. And, you know, it's a team effort. You know, it's not really one guy that's like, hey, this guy ruined it for everybody. No, it's a team effort. That's why everyone on the there's 11 guys on the field, not just one. So, um, you know, we just got to capitalize on the little things and, you know, prepare this week, prepare for Colorado this week and just get this nasty taste out of our mouths. It, it's crazy. Well, to I, I have a question to ask you because there's a lot of there's a lot of talk over a certain NFL quarterback. He got asked uh, his offense put up three points. He was asked, you know, pretty much like, "Hey, did you do you feel as an offense you guys let the defense down?" And he and he said no, um, which was quite surprising. I want to hear your take on like, do you feel as, as an offense you let the defense down because you know from I mean yes they gave up 20 points but when Oregon's averaging close to you know 40 or 50 a game like do, do you feel like as an offense like you guys could have done a little bit better or or how do you feel about that yeah I mean every game is just I mean you would like you would like to play a lights out game on both sides of the ball all phases of the all phases of the game like special teams defense offense um yeah defense played a great game and you know you couldn't ask him to play a better game than that um, they rise to the occasion and they handle their business. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it sucks seeing them doing what they're doing and we can't contribute to, you know, pulling out the W. But, I mean, they got guys, Oregon has guys on scholarships. They got coaches that are paid a lot to scheme up and, you know, do a lot of things. And like I said, man, at the end of the day, defense ball and the offense, you know, we kind of kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit, didn't capitalize. But it's again, it's a team effort. I mean, it can go back and forth. We can both have great games. You know, both. You know, our team isn't really the team that point fingers at each other. Um, you know, it's just it's always you know you got to hold it down for your brother to the right and left of you, and 
you know, sometimes things don't, don't go your way and, and now it's just how you re-strategize, realign and, and get things back on page. But there's never really no pointing fingers back and forth because one game offense could be doing really good. Defense can kind of, you know, little things that they can fix on, but defense like they balled and now we have some little things to fix on. So like I said, it's a team effort. It's not one individual or a couple individuals. It's a team effort as a whole. So um, yeah, it's just back to the drawing board. I'm curious your thoughts on all this because obviously, like you said, you know, when, when things are going well, fans are going to praise you and everything's good. And you know, you're, you're on their side and, and this isn't all fans, right? Like I get it. Like I get fans are frustrated and they're going to say some things, but there, there's that small minority of fans that just take it over the line, right? Like I know I've, I've seen players have gotten death threats before. I've seen people that, you know, they want them off the team, yada, 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 whatever it may be. The, the reality is, is you guys are people, right? It's not like you don't see this. And I, and I know you can find some ways to kind of stay away from it. Um, but the reality is, is you're going to hear it. You're going to see it to some extent. Um, you know, th- at the end of the day, you can probably brush it off and say, okay, this is just, this is just a crazy fan that's, that's saying crazy things. But that can be deeply personal. As, as somebody that, you know, is on Twitter actively and, and, and I've said stupid things or I've done things that people don't agree with. And, you know, they come after me, they come after my family and, um, when it comes after my family, it hurts, right? Like that, that's when I, I don't, I don't appreciate it when it comes after me. I don't really care, but how, how do you, or how, how have you seen maybe some of the guys in, uh, on the team handle that kind of stuff, right? Because it, I, I can imagine that this could be a very difficult thing to, to face adversity where, you know, this is a game like we've talked about. We've talked many times that this is just a game. At the end of the day, this is, you're trying to make this a career and you're trying to do different things to be able to, to enjoy it. But at the end of the day, it's a game. And the, the end result, unless you're betting on it, which, you know, that takes a whole nother level on this, it doesn't really have any impact in society other than entertainment, right? So how, how do you kind of balance that knowing that, look, you got into this world knowing that it, at the highs, you're going to be loved and you're going to be able to be like on cloud nine, but in the lows, it's really easy for people to pile on. And, and how, how do you kind of not allow that to, to kind of sink you? Yeah. And, you know, just as you said, that last part, you know, we signed up for it. I mean, even you signed up for it. You know, you're putting that you're putting yourself in that position to where people can see and see into what your life and see what you're doing and how you respond to things. And now it gives them an opinion that they can talk or write about. And, uh, you know, you just you got to learn to have tough skin and not really listen to it, because at the end of the day, they're going to be praising you when you're high and they're not going to they're going to be bashing you when you're on the low. Now, there is some fans that are really supportive and like have your back and stuff, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I, like you said, it's just part of it, you know, and sometimes you can let things bother you. Like for me, like after games and stuff, I usually don't go on social media like that. Most social media I'll go on is TikTok. So just. I won't one turns into a little reporter. So it's just, you know, by time, with time, everything goes away. I think a lot of people just get caught up in the moment with emotions and start speaking on it and start tweeting and responding to it. But other than that, it's just, I mean, you're here, you pick this profession, this sport, this job that gives people the right to speak on it. And, you know, you just got to live with it and just, and go forward with it. Yeah, I mean, you guys didn't get the result you were going for, but there's still an outside chance of potentially making the Pac-12 championship game. Obviously, there's like three or four things that have to happen, including a win versus Colorado. What's the mentality of the team like? Is are they 
uh, are they hopeful? Are they optimistic? Is it uh, you, know, pat, you know trying to cheer each other up, or I mean, kind of what's the what's the mentality of the team right now? Uh, beat Colorado, I think. Just prepare another like another week, and you know get the win at Colorado. Because I mean, if we're really looking at it, it all starts with us winning at Colorado. But we have guys on the team that you know obviously don't like to lose, so you know we're gonna prepare, prepare like we have been, and you know hopefully go to to Boulder, Colorado, and get the W. And uh, just get this nasty taste out of our mouths. But other than that, I think that that's really what people are focused on. We're not really, that's out of our hands at this point. So it's just, you know, we'll take care of what we need to take care of. And we'll, we'll just play the cards that they're dealt. You know, I've, I've covered uh, the University of Utah for over a decade now. And uh, it's been interesting to kind of see the, the differences on teams, right? Most years, you know, trying to get to nine wins, you know, that wasn't always a guarantee, especially coming in the Pac-12 and, and trying to, to, you know, increase the depth and everything that way. Uh, it cons- lately, it's been kind of consistent around that 9-10 plus win season. You've been in three of the last four Pac-12 championships. This potentially could be four of the last five. That, that's kind of the standard now at Utah. And, and obviously, you've been a part of that. That's been kind of your entire career at Utah. It, it, do you like that pressure? I mean, obviously, with the, we, as we talked about, those, those high highs can be great, but those lows, you know, let's say you don't get to the Pac-12 championship this year. I mean, that's, that's got to be hard and, and, and devastating for you guys, knowing that there's a lot of high expectations. I mean, what, how, how do you balance that so you don't kind of overthink this game, right? Because Colorado on paper, there's no reason you guys should lose to that. But we've seen this happen before with teams, right? We saw this this week with Tennessee getting blown out or it's, uh, you know, Ole Miss or some other teams that, that, that got blown out on, on games that they should win on paper. How do, how do you not let these these games kind of get down to you, if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, you just got to be in the moment. You got to be where your feet are. I think that's the biggest thing, take it day by day. Um, like for example, Colorado, I remember watching them play USC. I think it was to the first quarter of the first half. They were up like what, three points. There was like three to two on them. Like I've never seen a score like that, but you know, anything can happen. I mean, especially this year in the Pac-12, you know, there's really good quarterback quarterback play and you know, this and that pound for pound, this and that. Um, but anything can happen. I mean, like we were talking about before it's college football, you know, um, guys are on scholarships and you know coaches coach and anything can really happen so the biggest thing for us is just taking it day by day being where our feet are being a moment being present and uh you know just prepare and and you know saturday put it all together and get a w how much do these these results in the so, sense that you uh, couldn't get into into the the championship game if you if you don't get there how much do you think that that weighs on people that are underclassmen that are trying to decide if they go to the nfl or not did you talk about that or is that You'd just be speculating at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, it's probably just speculation at this point. I mean, or people might be talking. I'm not sure. Um, you know, at the end of the day, all I can really worry about is making sure that I'm mentally prepared and ready to go, especially for this week. You know, uh, not in the sense of saying, like, I don't want to make that sound selfishly, but, like, I got to make sure that my stuff is good to go. I, I got to make sure that I can be the most available to me, teammate I can be this week for whatever that is. Um, so, I mean, it might be speculation at this point. I'm not really sure. People will kind of get a feel for it towards the end of the season. Um, but other than that, I mean, we're really just focused on Colorado this week and just, like I said, taking it day by day. You've been around the program for a couple of years now. Um, this season has been especially tough on the road. You guys are 6-0 and at home, lights out, but 2-3 uh, and three on the road. A chance to get back to 500. You know, coming up Saturday, 
against the Colorado team that's reeling. They're they're basically in um who punt and wait until next year mode. What 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 kind of level of preparation do you guys do differently uh, first on a home game versus a road game? Is it is it uh, you know trying to account for the weather? You know, it was cold in Eugene. Is it trying to account for the fans? Like what kind of additional preparation uh, does the team kind of go through to kind of prepare for some of these road environments that you guys face in the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, our coaches and our staff get us ready, you know, play at these games. Like Austin, you know, I mean, it was loud. Florida was loud. Uh, you know, but I think we're prepared for it. I think it was just us, the little things that got, that we didn't really focus, not focus on, but it was the little things that got us and the little things that we didn't capitalize on. Um that really, you know, when it comes on the road and stuff like that. But like Coach Witt says, great teams play and play and win on the road. So, you know, we really got to, you know, everything else is in the past. So now we got a, a game on the road this week and, you know, plan to go 1-0 and for that, start that trend going again, hopefully leading into next season or whatever, maybe the championship, whatever bowl game, because that's going to be a road game as well. So, you know, getting that momentum going into the, into the postseason ball and, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. But, uh, you know, our coaches and our staff do a great job of getting us prepared for, you know, um, traveling to a hostile environment. Kyle Whittingham today talked about that if you're on the field, you're expected to play like you're 100% healthy, right? And I understand that throughout the season, you're going to, that's going to vary, right? Like you've been banged up this year, so you've been able to to experience that. You've experienced it in years past as well. Cam Rising, obviously, he's he's not 100% healthy. We we all know that. He's got a brace on his knee. It's it, it's expected. What is, is it kind of like an expectation when you're on that field that you have that? Or is that just kind of that uh, mentality where, you know, if you're on that field, you know, nobody's going to make excuses regardless of what's going on. Because, I mean, at the end of the game, we ask Cam, you know, did your knee impact you in that game or anything? And he says, no, no. You know, is that is that kind of the quote-unquote coach speak type thing? Or, or is that just truly how you guys feel? Um, I mean, the double-edged sword, I feel like, because, you know, you want to come back and you want to play. You don't want to miss games. Like, I was – I hated missing games. You know, I would rather try to – like, when I hurt my ankle, I'd rather try to tape it up and – you know, numb it or something so I can go out there and just run around. You know, nobody wants to be hurt. But when you get that moment to where, like, it feels good enough to go out there, you're going to take full advantage of it. Not only so you can play, but I think when when I say this, I think everyone on the team, it kind of gets to that point where it's like, I'm trying to get back out there to help my guys out more. You know, like, I don't feel comfortable sitting here watching my guys play when I feel like I can help and contribute no matter what that is being bringing juice on the sideline or making a block or like for him making a throw or running and you know stuff it's, it varies player to player to player position to position but um i mean cam's just cam's just a real dude i mean that i think anyone with that much pride and you know his work ethic and stuff like that like of course he's gonna say that you know i i don't know personally if it's bothering him or not because he doesn't tell anyone because mm-hmm. that's just how he is you know it's just i mean that's just how it is throughout the whole season i mean there's guys that are banged up that don't say nothing because they don't want that not necessarily tension but they don't want it to be like oh this guy's hurt or this guy's hurt like they want to just make it seamless and just make everything go um but i mean I think I, that's all I can say to that. I mean, it's just injuries suck. And, you know, ones that really slow you down, especially like if you're in the middle of the season, those are the worst. Um, 
But I think the biggest thing that gets our guys back is, you know, seeing our guys play and feel like you have to be out there trying to help or continue, contribute in some way. Now that makes perfect sense. I mean, I think that's got to be hard, right? Like it, it, on one hand, you want to be able to kind of have uh, a built-in excuse to kind of say, I'm not playing at my best, but at the end, end of the day, nobody cares, right? Like I think that's the hard part mm -hmm. is like you, you've got to get in there. I mean, Oregon was in the same situation in a lot of ways, right? Like Bo Nix wasn't the, the same situation. There's other players on the team that aren't, aren't fully healthy. So that, that's just the nature of the sport, and obviously people have to go with it. I mean – I think it was a few years ago. I think it was Britton Covey. He said he like broke his wrist or something like that. And we didn't find out until the end of the season, um, which is, is crazy, right? Like you want, you want to make sure that you want to go through. And I'm sure that, you know, I, that's one example, right? Like Britton wasn't the only person to play through, you know, you know, a broken bones or, or whatever it may be. I, it, it just, yeah. it, it's just crazy that that's, that's kind of the the world that you're in right now where you have to like play through that and, um, especially in college football season where it's just such a short season that you're kind of stuck, right? This isn't the NFL where you can t go on the IR and then come back a few weeks later and you're back and everybody's happy. It's, you know, you, you, you're kind of expected to win now. And, you know, I, it, it's crazy to me because I feel like in some ways that puts pressure on you. I know you talked about, like, you want to be back on the field, and I get that, but, like, do you feel like there is that pressure to be out there and, and, and kind of maybe come back earlier than you need to? And I'm not – telling you to speculate on anybody i'm just more asking you know your your kind of experience that way yeah i mean i can talk about it because i went through it uh i mean yeah there's a pressure i think there was a pressure within myself to force myself to come back earlier but the biggest thing with that is is you'd rather take the time now than push yourself to come back mess something up even more and now you're out longer and maybe long term you mess something up you know, it's just, it, it, there's so many, there's so many, um, there's so many little things that can affect that you have to take in account for it. You know, it's like, is, you know, sitting out this one game maybe worth it for the next week? Cause that's a whole week of healing that you can do. You know, it, it's just little things like that, that really add up and can either really add and, you know, help your healing process, or it can really just destroy and diminish everything you've worked for to get up to that point. So that's just, you know, that's up to the person. But, you know, there's a lot of things that play into that decision. Yeah, you talk about pressure and uh, Coach Whittingham has put you guys in a in a tough situation as an offense. The, he mentioned today that uh, you, he didn't have, I don't know, faith, faith is a little bit too strong of a word, but didn't have the confidence in the, the kicking game to, to get it done in the red zone a couple of times. And that's why you guys went for it on fourth down in the Oregon game going forward you know does it how, how do you balance like feeling like oh man like every play like uh we gotta we gotta convert these these down to distances in order to keep our you know um you know eventually punch it in the end zone but we don't want to do too much or do you know you, you talk about and you've mentioned this before you all you need to do is you're 111th. You go a little bit more. You say, oh, now I need to do a little bit more. And suddenly you're you're taking the guy down. It's a holding call 10 yards back. How do you balance that knowing that in years past, you guys have had, you know, you get the ball on the plus 35. You know, it's an automatic three at least. You know, you, you've had Andy Phillips and Matt Gay uh, kind of automatic from the field goal position. You don't really have that luxury this year. How do you balance that without taking so much – pressure on yourselves as an offense you know i think the biggest thing is whatever job that we have or have to do we have to just take it head on and just deal with it you know when it comes to the kicking game 
you know, everyone can say what they want about our kickers and stuff like that. But the biggest reason why, well, one, they're my teammates, so I'm not going to say anything bad. But two, in a way, I can kick a, a damn ball through those uprights from 35 yards plus. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah, in the past, we've had some great kickers and this, that, and the other. But I, I mean, we got great guys in that room. I just can't, you know, I don't. And not saying like it's a crazy question or anything like that. I just I can't say anything about it because I know I couldn't go out there and do it if that makes sense. You know, I could I know I couldn't put it through the uprights. I know I couldn't kick it from wherever they kick it from to get it into the end zone for a touchback. Um, I mean, I love and support every single one of those guys in the, in, the, in our specialist group. Um, but if, I mean, if Coach Whip wants us and needs us to do that, I mean, you know, we have to just embrace it and just and deal with it. You know, we got to take it head on and you know just march it play by play and. Like I said, like you said, like you brought it up, just do your 111, not too much, not too less, and, you know, and just get the job done, essentially. It's, it's kind of a little bit how fans think that they could have caught the pass that you were throwing late in the game. And it's like tough situation. Ball's cold. You, you haven't had a target all game. Get the ball's over your head. You're looking behind you up into the lights. Like, that That, that would have been a ridiculous catch had you made it. But you got fans on social media say, oh, yeah, hit, hit him in the head. That's an easy catch, right? Like, it's not that easy, right? Especially in those pressure situations. Like, they just don't know, you know? Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that last play of the game, you know, it? it I mean, it all lined up. You know, I could have done things better. Um, my route wasn't perfect. You know, I had, I could have, tweak some things a little bit but you know it's just there's a lot of factors in that in that situation and you know at, at the end of the day I, I try as that's the biggest thing for me when it comes to like drops and stuff like that it's not that i go out there and try to drop the ball i don't think any receiver goes out there and tries breaking, to breaking drop the news ball. solo breaking news come on <laughs> yeah you know let, let me just put that out there none of the guys in the room try to drop the ball and i i could probably speak on that for every receiver in the in the country ever plays this sport um, but I mean, just, I'm not going to really speak much on it because I've already stayed off Twitter. I don't want to hear none of that. <laughs> um, but you know, just to double back on that, you know, I, I still love our fans no matter what, um, that we still have people that really support us and, you know, that are with us even when we're low and, and, and now I appreciate the ones that have something to say when, when we need to get our, get our stuff together, you know? Um, but I would just advise people just to understand that especially in that situation we don't try to drop the balls people don't try to get holding calls you know it's all part of the game you know that's why people love the game people will say all these things about it because they love watching the game you know we all share that common theme of loving the game so um yeah man it's just that just adds on to the little details that we missed on and um now we just got to clean it up for this week (laughs) I think it's, I, I, I will say I will say that it's a it's a very small minority of people that that think like that. It's not it's not some vocal majority that's out there. It, it it's the one out of a hundred fans that that take it a little bit too far. That, that that they're frustrated, right? And you know, for me, like I I would take how you know because I'm a huge Utah fan, right? There, that's no secret to anybody listening to this podcast. Like I I would take it like to heart. Like, you know, depending on the, I'm not even on the team, right? Like, I'm just like some bystander that's watching, but I, you know, I used to take these games to heart and it would affect my, like my attitude throughout the rest of the day. I was like, oh, this is, this is a game for entertainment. It's fun to watch. I cheer the team on. 
but it's not like, you know, life or death, right? We have to remember it's a game and that, you know, just like, you know, me and my job, like I make mistakes all the time. The difference is I don't have 53,000 people watching over my shoulder every time I do something, you know? So, yeah, you know, to, to, the, to the naysayers, you've done a tremendous job in your career at Utah. We wish you, uh, you know, a tremendous success, you know, in the, in the game against Colorado. Hopefully we're talking about, you know, to you next week about a potential actual championship game appearance and then whatever bowl game you guys landed you know this isn't the end by by any means but just know that the majority of fans out there appreciate the hell out of you and everything that you have done for this program no i really appreciate it and you know just just the voice on what you said i mean you don't sound crazy at all because i mean i you know we love the game so it, it just i mean during the game like or after the game that I mean, it throws off my whole mood for the weekend too. You know, it's not just a oh, let me go take a shower. The game's over, blah blah blah. Like, you know, I'm I'm just the same way you are. Like, it it takes me a minute, and then you just got to realize, like, look, the sun's gonna come up tomorrow. The game's in the past. Now, how are you gonna how are you gonna approach the next day? Are you gonna stay the same way that you were during that game? Or are you gonna try to improve as a, not only a player but as a person to be a better player and person for your team and your program? And you know, it's gonna sting. It, it's a it's a hard process to get through. It. It's not you know, lovey-dovey, it's, you know, it's a hard one, but there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel, but I do appreciate you saying that. And, you know, it's people like y'all that really get us. I don't think people understand, like, when you when you have that support, not only from, like, your coaches or your teammates and your family, but from your the people that support you, like, that watch you week in, week out, you know, it, it really gets things back on track pretty fast. So, uh, you know, I appreciate it. And just echoing off that you're not crazy and I 100% know how you feel. <laughs> I think it's I think it's crazy though that a lot of people you know we we watch these games I mean I think everybody watches let's say Patrick Mahomes and sees the throws that he makes or or the catches that OBJ makes that everybody wants to compliment and stuff those are incredibly hard catches or throws or whatever that may be anybody that's been around a competitive athlete or played competitively those things are really difficult right and and there's a lot of practice that goes into that but there's going to be those times where you have drops there's going to be times that you make the most amazing play and you become this hero to, to a lot of people right and i think that's that's the the funny thing to me is there's no there's no balance there right you're either the hero or you're you're the dunce right who clearly mm-hmm. can't catch and he you know because me sitting on my couch know that i've seen this from a lot of other players so clearly you should be able to catch it like, I mean, I go out and throw the football with my boys, and it's like there's several times where I'm trying to teach them, like, you can do everything perfect and the ball still slips out of your hand, right? They play baseball. There's times when you strike out. Like, this is there's a lot of times, actually, where you strike out. So, I mean, it's it's funny to me that, you know, it's it, it, we, we kind of create this zero-sum game where you're either this most amazing athlete or you're not, and, and there's no in between. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned it a little bit with Cam earlier. Like, he's had a phenomenal run as the starting quarterback for the University of Utah, right? Mm-hmm. He's allowed to have a bad game, right? Like, and, and look, we can point to, to many games where he probably wasn't on his best and, and maybe it wasn't his best performance, but like by and large, Cam has kept you guys in those games and, and, and won a lot of games. So you've kept them in a lot of games. Like there, you can point to a lot of different athletes on the team that have, have done that. And you can also point to times where you haven't, right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the nature of the game. And I think that's the funny thing is the zero sum game of this where it's just you're either good or you're not. And you know, you're good. You're as only as good as, as what you did for me lately. And it's kind of frustrating to me as, as somebody that can see both sides, right? Like I don't, I don't necessarily consider myself a fan of, of sports much anymore because I've been covering it for so long that I kind of feel like I'm on the, on the inside in the sense that I understand like 
your side of things, but I also understand the fans' perspective. And it's kind of changed my way of thinking, but it's also allowed me to enjoy games so much more, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've talked about it. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I always joke that they, they destroy my soul because they get there close, and then they destroy my soul. But the reality is, is I don't really care anymore. Like, I go watch those games, and I have fun with it, win or lose, because I see how hard it is to get to that level. And I don't even know the intricate details like, like you would, right? But I think anybody that gets involved with that, like you have to know that this is an incredibly tough thing to be one, a D1 athlete on scholarship is tough, but then to keep going to the next level and all these other levels, this is really difficult. This isn't you just throwing the ball outside on a turkey bowl or whatever you want to do. Like this is a very difficult sport. So I don't know what I'm asking or saying there, but I, I think that's just kind of, you know, interesting thing that, that it's created as we do this, right? With social media and other things that, it doesn't allow, I mean, people can have their opinions, right? It used to be the water cooler thing. You go to the water cooler and talk about it at work, but now it's just turned into a lot of vitriol, a lot of hate. And the fact that you have to stay off social media kind of says it, right? Like that you have to kind of let it cool down before you can come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest response to that is, you know, the entertainment business is what have you done for me lately? That's the only, that's why when you brought it up, I mean, I a hundred percent agree. That's really the only saying you could put to it. And, uh, you know, like you said, you you really understand what it takes that like the process that goes into these games and play by play. So you really get to understand, you know, teams are preparing all week. It's not like, for example, basketball, they play like three games a week, maybe like football. You're practicing five days, watching film, lifting, running, doing this and that and the other just for one game a week. You know, and then you have all the, everything in the off season and, you know, winter conditioning, spring ball, summer workouts. And it's just this constant cycle. Hey, just but you to wanted to a... drop the ball solo. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> after all, you, know, that, you wanted to drop it. Yeah. You know, after I don't, <laughs> months, I derailed eight you. months sorry. of preparation. No, it's just, it's, it's just all part of the game, man. And, you know, there's going to be good fans. There's going to be fans that, you know, that really let you know when you're at the lowest part or point. Um, but you love every single one of them. And I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just blessed and grateful to be able to play this game. You know, win, lose, draw, you know, this game has brought me so much in my life. And, you know, I'm forever thankful no matter the circumstances that it it puts out. And, uh, you know, there's just so many, you know, we always get caught up in the wins and losses, but there's so many things to really take away from this sport and, you know, really see who you are as a person and how you can build and improve. And, man, there's just so many life lessons and messages through football that, you know, I'm just – me personally, I'm beyond grateful for, you know? So yeah, it sucks getting in wins and loss wins and losses, you know, they come and they go, but you know, there's always just game brings a lot. So definitely grateful for that. But we do have some good news for you on uh, Saturday in Boulder. It's supposed to be mostly sunny with the high near 57. So perfect football weather for a two o'clock afternoon kickoff for your, the last regular season game for you guys. Is that a hot take? Are you lying to me? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's actually going to be a blizzard with, you know, two, yeah. did you, did you see the Buffalo Bills stadium where they got like 70 something inches of snow? Insane. Like, okay. I, I wish, I wish that we could have watched that game. I wish they didn't move it to Detroit. That would have been so fun. Solo shake his head if you can't see that, obviously. No, absolutely not. Uh, I saw that people were opening their garages and it was just snow. I'm like, oh. I would be like, yo, leave the snow out there till it melts. I'm not coming out until it melts. <laughs> Building a tunnel. So, so fa- fans had to like snowmobile some players to the airport, like, and help shovel them out of their driveway. Like, it was intense. I, I can't even imagine. 
See, imagine yeah. that. Look, imagine if the coaches were like, "Don't there's there's a blizzard tomorrow. Don't be late." But it's like, <laughs> you, hey, you got to get there. You know, you get cut or something. But man, that's yeah. I'll tell that's you what, crazy. Zach Moss is thinking this is a perfect time to be traded. <laughs> no, I know it's cold in Indianapolis. That's too. true. It's true. Besides the blizzard. <laughs> All right, oh, man. man well, I know, I know you got to get up to the University of Utah uh, shortly, but first, I, I just kind of want to know what what's what's on on the deck for Thanksgiving. Obviously, you've got to prepare for a game, so you can't get away. But what what does the University of Utah do, and and what are your go to fixins? Um, so they so we usually uh, practice a little bit earlier, so we have time to you know if family come out or players go to people's each other's houses. You know, people there. The biggest thing for us is making sure that everyone has somewhere to go. And, uh, you know, this this Thanksgiving, I'm trying to think what my girl likes to cook, too. My family, my family's not coming out, so I won't get any of their food. But my girl can can whip it up in the kitchen, too. So probably, nice. man, all I know, the ones I'm looking forward to, I can't even think about it. I know I'm going to get in trouble if she listens to it. She's <laughs> like, you forgot that I make this, but the turkey's always good. I always go for that. Um, mac and cheese is always good. Uh, she learned how to cook my mom's mac and cheese. <laughs> Fire. Uh, I don't know if we'll, I don't think we'll have greens this year, like collard greens. We'll see how that goes. Um, you gonna, are you a stuffing guy? I I don't I don't. The fact that you're I? hesitating, I don't know. Solo, I'm I'm well, upset. No, no, no. Here's I'm the upset. thing. Here's the, here's the thing. So like, if it's so Thanksgiving, I usually try to go down the line and get a little bit of everything. But like me, like my main go-to has always been like mac and cheese, greens, turkey, like, and I'm set. Yeah. But like, I'm going to say I'm 50 fit. Like I, I eat it. I'm not saying it's nasty or anything, but it's not my go-to. Like my girl made it last year and I was just like, you guys like eat stuffing for like during, <laughs> like it was always at my, in Arizona, like at my family stuff, but I never touched it. But then she was like, and she made it, so she's like, you better try it. And I tried it. I mean, it's good, but, like, I'll eat it, like, and it's good, but it's not my first go-to. I think that's the best answer. All right. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Dang, we should have opened up with that hot take this week. <laughs> I, we should have. I'm sorry. I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just get rid of the, the fancy drinks that have cream in it, and we'll talk no, we'll stuff. We'll, we'll give a recap, hopefully, next week if we hear good news. There you go. And, and kind of get a, a post-Thanksgiving recap. To see what okay. everyone's feeling like no more you know i can't even like bash fizz because it's probably good and i'm not trying to say that any spite <laughs> but no more sugary drinks no more sugary drinks mm-hmm. give, give him his sprite at the most right cherry limeade baby cherry limeade extra cherries Ooh, there you go really see, like we it. should get some no no never mind <laughs> I just like the drink. I just like the drink from sonic he's uh, like now nah, we draw the line I, I didn't even know they still had food at sonic you go for the shakes and the ice cream and the, and just the uh, drinks. Desserts and drinks. Yep. I feel like we need to just slowly turn this into a food podcast. I feel like our hot takes are better there and, you know. <laughs> Do food yeah. tests and everything. That's what do they call them? Mukbangs or what do they call them? Oh, I don't I'm going to look this up. I don't even I don't, know. Hold on. I don't want to sound crazy. I don't want to sound crazy. Give me a second. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. There's people that eat food. Yeah. Wait, how do you pronounce that? Mech bang? A video, especially one that is live streamed, that features a person eating a large quantity of food and addressing the audience. 
Wow. She's eating two pounds of lobster oh. in this mukbang. What the heck? You haven't seen that before? Like on TikTok no. and stuff? Like people have like big old, like this layout of food and they're just eating oh it on camera. Gosh. I have you not seen, seen that. I've, I've seen like all kinds of crap, but like I haven't seen this, which <laughs> surprises me. Now look, now look, I'm the crazy one. <laughs> now I'm the crazy one on this. I swear someone better back me up on Twitter because now I sound look, dumb. I'm going to go look at this because like. <laughs> it's all over YouTube. I just looked it up. Look, oh my yeah, goodness. look, I'm, it's, it's spelled M-U-K-B-A-N-G. And there's a guy with like 27 cheeseburgers stacked on a table. Oh, I, no. I, don't even want, I can't. I can't watch that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta prepare myself. Uh, I'm like, oh my goodness. I can just. I can just feel myself gagging like watching that. Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> I, I, I mean, two pounds yeah. of lobster, 27 cheeseburgers. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, well that's what I thought of because you. Said, and, oh, and this man. dude has a million subscribers. That's what makes this even crazier. See, people are watching it though. Ugh. Oh man, oh man, that's crazy. Twenty four hundred comments on this YouTube video. Oh. This is this is insane. <laughs> I just put y'all on. Hey Josh, I'm gonna be working the rest of the day. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be busy. I'm gonna be busy. 30, 36 promo cookies in an hour. Oh, oh man. my gosh. I, I can't even Did eat you know, one. Like each, each one of those has like a cube of butter in it. Oh. Per oh. cookie. Hey. <sighs> I'm feeling it right now. I haven't even I haven't even done that. And now I'm feeling it. This Ooh. We're, we're oh, gonna have to funny. we're gonna have to like watch one of these before every episode of, of this podcast and just like <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, there you go. Branched off into the world of the unknown. <laughs> I, I, I will give you some life advice. Probably not a good idea to do this before you guys play Colorado. Yeah. Just, just putting it out there. Oh yeah, that's yeah. You can't you can't overeat. <laughs> Maybe afterwards when you're yeah. on the plane ride back. I, mm-hmm. I, I have to say I'm disappointed that you guys didn't get the real experience at the Rose Bowl where you go to the your prime rib and everything and all that other stuff. That you got it in the hotel, right? But yeah, because I think it was like COVID or something like that. Yeah. I, I want to see. I want to see one of those linemen just pound the prime rib and see how many they can get. I mean, granted, you're not playing that Saturday if that's the case, but <laughs> you know who could really eat? Thomas Yasmin. Really? Really? Yes. Pounding the food. I think huh? he smashed like what was it like four of those In-N-Out burgers with like three or four patties on them? Oh, man. Or was it Crown Burger? He did that. Oh. I think it was Crown Burger. He had like three of them, three or four of them with like four pat. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm good with that. I'm, we're not talking yeah. about food. Blink twice if Thomas Yasmin has one of these videos. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Down in the comment section below. Uh, Thomas is like, this is great. Let's try this one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's awesome. All right, man. Well, uh, we don't want to keep you too long. Obviously, you got you got some stuff to do. So, uh, thanks again, as always, for for coming on with us. We do really appreciate it and, and giving us your your honest take on everything, either even if it's good or bad, right? Like, I think that's what we appreciate you is uh, just being honest and and being being able to willing be willing to talk about all this stuff. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all for having me as always, and always a good time. You know, I look forward to it. You know. Even after weekends like this, it's good to just talk about it and really, you know, I appreciate the platform you're giving me to really voice how it is and what people don't really get to see, you know, so bringing awareness to the situation, I guess, win or loss or good or bad. So I really appreciate y'all for having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. We'll catch you up next week and uh, hopefully you guys come out with a, a win and we'll find out soon where you get to go for a bowl.
Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. See y'all later. Take care. I, I'm a little shook yeah. right now. I'm not going to lie. The, those yeah, these, video, these videos, I, I would not recommend watching these around lunchtime. Um, yeah, this is, this is going to take me some time to process this. This is a little, <laughs> a little much. A little heavy. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so, so, you know, kind of going off that, I, I watch some uh, you know, late at night when I'm rocking my, uh, my son to sleep or whatever. I'll be watching some random food challenges where they'll eat like a plate of pancakes or whatever it might be. There's this guy that's pretty famous that, that does those food challenges. I wonder how he's still alive because you're eating mm-hmm. just a, an enormous amount of calories. This is beyond that. This is just like a, a sickening amount of food. Like basically ordering everything on the menu of McDonald's and then putting it away in one sitting. That, that's just, yeah, I could, yeah, no you, thanks. You have to purge after that, right? Like you, there's no way you're able to like keep that down. Yeah. I don't know. I, my whole day is ruined now. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Well, uh, get, getting back to football, Utah, I mean, uh, he, 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 he had the nail on the head a couple of times. And while it's it, it's refreshing to hear players take ownership, you know, um, I, I, I don't want to badmouth anybody or say anything negative, but it, it's refreshing to hear that, uh, that ownership. They're like, yeah, we could have played better. We could have done, you know, a handful of plays, and, and as as poorly as the offense played from an outsider's perspective, they lost by three on yeah. the road yeah. to a team that is in the top ten now. It, it's it's pretty wild, concerning. Like here we are criticizing, you know, a team that's you know potentially going to win nine games. You know, their three losses all came on the road. All you know outside the I guess so Florida was a one score game where you had a chance to either tie it, send it to overtime. They go for the win. They lose uh, UCLA. They they lost by ten, uh, and then this game they they had multiple chances to tie the game, but based on Kyle Whittingham's lack of trust in the field goal kick, kicking situation, which it goes beyond the missed kick at the beginning of the game. Sure, uh, I feel like you know he mentioned in his press conference that hey, you know based on the week of practice that they had, we felt like we needed to go for it. Um, and, you know, maybe that changes if he'd made his first kick. You know, who knows? There's a bazillion things that could happen. But uh, it, it, it's to, to me, this this is the season of, like, what if. And it, it's a dangerous game to play as a fan because you're like, oh, man, like, what if, like, Cam, you know, hits the open valet at the back of the end zone, you know, against Florida? Or what if, you know, Redding doesn't miss that kick? You know, what if? You yeah. play at UCLA too, you, though, you right? See, what if there's yeah. not a what? What if there's not a penalty right there, late hit well, penalty or or whatever? Right. You know what what I mean? if Keithy stays healthy? Exactly. You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a dangerous game to play. But this this team is still good. Like there, there's a reason why they're still ranked 14th in the AP poll. They're still in the top 14 of the Football Writers of Association poll. There's a bazillion polls. They'll probably be in the top 14 of the College Football Playoff poll. Um, because they still are a good team. It's unfortunate because they've played three better teams that have got better on that day, at least, where, you know, they didn't play as well as they could have. Um, and uh, you can't put it all on the offense. You can't put it all on the defense either because the defense played uh, pretty well, uh, considering that they were down in a hole 14-3. to three. The defense came up with a, with a big turnover, Kareem Reed, with the, the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Uh, you had another f- forced fumble later in the game. You had Clark Phillips nearly uh, uh, having a pick six. I mean, man, you could just see. It you was could close. Just see, Very <laughs> close. Oh my goodness, with that with that interception and the you know credit their tight end for for uh, 
for you know tripping him up because that would have been a house call. And at that point, you know, who knows what happens in that game. But now as a team, they need to to refocus. They need to figure some some things out. It's a it's a perfect opponent to be playing this week, uh, I feel like, because um I, I think Utah is more banged up than they were realizing. We went from a uh, a one uh, brace that Cam Rising was wearing to now uh, double the size of brace. Now that could be preventative. I'm not going to speculate, but yeah. I think Utah's pretty banged up to play a, a team in Colorado that's only won one game this season and their last three they've lost what like 40, 50 to seven. Like they're they're not a good football team at this point doesn't mean that they don't have talent that doesn't mean that they don't have good players on a team but as of right now they're a bad football team so come out play hard get some young guys some reps and start to you know there's still an outside shot um that utah could be playing for the pac-12 championship game and if that happens that's unbelievable um that would be four of the last five seasons that utah's made it uh like you were mentioning and so you know it, the the the, te- the task is right in front of them. You know, they, they don't have to dwell on this, you know, similar to, you know, some of the defeats that they've had against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game before, where that was the game that they had to dwell on because they didn't have another game after that. They had to sit and dwell on it for, you know, up until they played the bowl game. This, this gives them a chance to kind of cleanse their palate and move ahead. And we'll see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, there's, you know, I mean, I like I mentioned earlier, like this is one of those scenarios where Utah is is now expected to be at least in contention for the Pac-12 championship, right? And, and, and that's not a bad thing, right? Like you want your team to be able to be there. Uh, you want, regardless of, of how it shakes out, you know, I mean, you, there, there is a high probability that Utah could get to the Pac-12 championship. Uh, what needs to happen? I'll tell you what needs to happen, really. Uh, Utah obviously has to beat Colorado. Uh, Washington needs to beat Washington State, which can happen. Uh, Oregon State needs to beat that Oregon. That game is in Pullman, however. It is. So there's that. So. Um, Oregon State needs to beat Oregon, which can happen. It's a rivalry game. And, Oregon and that State's game is good. in Corvallis. That is. And UCLA needs to beat Cal, which it's in Cal, I believe. So I'd, t- I'd say two of those are pretty much locks. Other than US, UCLA could have an emotional letdown. Sure. Um, but but UCLA still has a lot to play for. So what what fans don't realize is that if let's say you know these two top teams uh, make it to the the Pac-12 championship game, and let's say USC wins and they get selected for the playoff, the Rose Bowl is not obligated to take the team that lost the championship game. So UCLA, Washington, Oregon, they're all potentially playing for a Rose Bowl berth. I think Utah is probably the one team on the outside looking in where. They have to win the Pac-12 championship to even be considered. Yeah. Uh, but you know these other teams, they're st- they still have a lot to play for. So I don't foresee UCLA completely laying an egg against Cal. No, Cal's not a good football team either. Um, it could but happen, but yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those scenarios where. Honestly, Utah fans have to become massive Oregon State fans this week. Um, like I said, it could happen. The problem with Oregon State is is their offense isn't able to generate a lot of of playmaking uh, at times, and so th- that becomes a little difficult. But if Bo Nix is still banged up, I mean, there's a chance. For, for a team that that really struggles to get an offense, it's their defense that is, is exceptionally sound. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for Oregon to 
to you know go up against another team that that is going to give them a tough break you know and it's a rivalry and, game and it's 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 a tough yeah, environment Oregon state only gave up four, 17 points to usc yeah and utah ended up giving up what 42 so i mean i mean we'll see i don't i don't want to give it too much credence i mean utah had an opportunity to take care of business and they fell short um but they it, it's it's a testament to the program that they've built and the position that they're in that they still have a shot. It's out of their hands to a certain extent. They still do have to beat Colorado. Yeah. But the other three, uh, it's kind of out of their control. Uh, and we'll see. It'll be a fun weekend of college football. I believe one of those games is on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, it's, uh, I think they. it's the – what game is it now? I think there's I'm two games on Friday, but one of them is USC, I think, and that's the Notre Dame game. Yeah, so the UCLA uh, Cal is on Friday. Okay. Um, and then the Oregon Oregon State game will kick off a half hour before the Utah Colorado game, and then we'll have to wait until eight thirty at night for the Washington Washington State game. So, you won't so know for it'll a while. be it'll be a it'll be an interesting day for the Pac twelve. Um, very similar to this last weekend where you had two two behemoth games going on. That UCLA USC game was was fun to watch. Uh, back and forth battle between two great offenses. Uh, not a lot of defense in that one, but no. surprisingly, it was defense that made the play at the end. The under never stood uh, a chance in that game. No, no, <laughs> that uh, that yeah, but it, it was a great it was a great weekend for the Pac-12, where you had these not not only great games, but you had your biggest brands involved in these great games. Yeah. It wasn't like you know Arizona taking on Cal. You know, it was USC, UCLA in the Rose Bowl national TV, and then you had Utah and Oregon. And, and, you know, yeah, Utah might not be on the same level as Oregon, but they've they've made a name for themselves these past few years, especially. See, I would, I would argue that are, Utah is more on the level of Oregon now. I mean, I think you, you look back yeah. on, on the time that you were covering uh, covering Utah, uh, Oregon was the giant, right? Everybody looked at Oregon. And granted, they were a different team under Chip Kelly, so I don't want to necessarily compare them. But you, you're starting to see that going into this game, even though there was times where Oregon was favored or Utah switched to that based on the Bo Nix news, this isn't a game where, you know, we're talking to Kyle Whittingham about what's it like to play these top teams anymore, right? This is now an evil, even playing field for Utah. And I think that's that's kind of the point of, of where this has all come to, right, is Utah has grown so much in the Pac-12 that they're now on that level, right? Like, I, I don't know if they're going to quite get to that notoriety of an Oregon or a UCLA or USC. I mean, that, those are years and decades of, of building up to that, that kind of momentum and, and trajectory. But you're starting to see a program that doesn't believe that, you know, it should lose any game, right? And, and, and on paper and in, in games, like, they shouldn't lose any game, right? They went into Florida the very first game of the season, and they were the favorite team. And outside of, you know, some miscues on defense and obviously the interception by Cam Rising at the end, that game was Utah's, and and we've seen Florida. Then Florida's look like garbage this year, so I don't want to like play that up too much and use that as like this end all be all. I mean, you're still not Alabama, you're still not Georgia. You know, up until last week, you weren't Tennessee, but at the same time, like this is where Utah is trying to be, right? If you can continue this consistency, you're going to be able to do okay, and that allows Utah to be able to stay up in these rankings, right? They've got three mm-hmm. losses on the season, and they're still the number fourteen team in the country pollsters and you know the selection committees and all that they see utah's now this consistent team 
as one of the top 10 consistent teams over the last five years that, that allows them to be able to be there. And so, well, it would be easy to look at this season if Utah can't get to that Pac-12 championship game. And, and, and I would say the odds are stacked against them, even though the, the realistic possibility is there you have to look at these in a positive light, right? And I'm not sitting here to, like, build up the program or anything. Obviously, they missed opportunities, and that's what it needs to be said, right? They missed opportunities, and and they've got to live with that. But I think as a fan of the program, you know, back off the ledge. This isn't a moment where, you know, all is lost. Obviously, there's going to be some ups and downs in this program. But I think the fact that you've been able to be competitive and be on par with these upper tiers that that only says good things about your program, right? Like, that doesn't mean you settle for this. That doesn't mean, like, oh, well, you know, we're going to go back because Josh says that, you know, we're a good team. Like, no. But at the same time, like, just realize, like, teams would kill for this, right? Like, teams are trying really right. hard to be able to be in this consistent of, of a situation. And you have a lot of that to thank Kyle Whittingham and his coaching staff. And you can, you you know, you can point fingers and you can say, you know, this coach didn't do this or this coach didn't do that. and And they would accept it. But at the same time, like, be happy with where you're at. You know, this isn't one of those things where, uh, you know, you're, you're in the bottom of the Pac-12 hoping for something. You're, you're at the top, right? And then the fact that you're in contention on the very last week says a lot of good things about the program. Right. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, the foundation is set. They just need to continue the, the tradition of winning. Um, and Utah's done things this season that they haven't done in years past where you look at the 2019 team uh, where they, they had the one loss um, USC in, uh, in conference play to USC, which kind of funny happened on a late two point conversion, um, a failed two point conversion. I might add um, that to where they are now and this year. So this year, the thing that's different is, they haven't been healthy and the, the 2019 team was relatively healthy for the most part. They didn't have a ton of in- injuries. This year has been a different story where you've had Cam rising, miss an entire game. You've lost your best tight end for the season. You've had numerous players on the de- offense and defense uh, go down for numerous periods of time. And yet you still found a way to win the majority of your games. You're six and two in conference. You are eight and three overall with a chance to finish the season nine and three and still be in the, the discussion for the, the Pac-12 championship game, depending on how the, the last few games play out. That, that's that's a dream come true for, for Utah fans. I, I get that the expectation going into the season was Rose Bowl or bust, right? With the with the stretch goal of maybe, you know, eking into the college football playoff. But based on injuries, which you can never really account for, you never really know how things go. It's more of a, a, a draw the luck, I feel like, with the majority of the time. Like a, a player happens to roll this way versus that way, that sort of thing. I feel like this has been an exceptional year. And I'm not here to, you know, to toot their horn and say, you know, rah, 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 you know, go team. But just based on the, the how things have been dealt, um, this this has been a positive season. Uh, and it's one that they can build on. They've, you've seen a lot of young up-and-coming talent that's also been able to take reps. We only saw Nate Johnson uh, once this last week. I think he uh, was in on a pass play and didn't get the target. But uh, we've seen Jalen Glover. Uh, we've seen Jaquindon Jackson develop from a quarterback into a, a really good running back, one that we probably will see get more carries going forward to, to you know, just on how he played. I, I think he played really well. Um, and we've seen, you know, some other players step up into positions where you, you've had those injuries. Bryson Barnes winning out the road in Pullman, which is a difficult place to play. Um, you know, we, we've, we've seen it time and time again where this – 
this team has not exceeded expectations. That's the wrong way to put it, but they've, they've played well uh, and they've really built a foundation that they can build on going forward. And, uh, you know, we'll see. There's still a lot of football to be played left this season. They have the the last game, you know, coming out uh, on the road uh, against Colorado. We'll see how that one plays out. Weather will not be a factor. Um, so that'll be good. Um, we'll hopefully see a lot of young talent be able to play. I know that Whittingham mentioned today in his press conference that there's been a handful of guys that already have three or four games. So they have to decide whether they want to, to burn the red shirt and just fully commit or if they pull them out. So we'll see. We could see a smorgasbord of different players playing, you know, in Boulder and then, you know, potentially a Pac-12 championship and then whatever bold destination the team gets landed with. So there's still a lot of uh, things to look forward to. Uh, but, yeah, like you're saying, all is not lost. This is still a good football team, and they are being recognized as such by the pollsters and the you know college football committee. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things, too, is you can't account for how other teams are going to be either, right? I mean, the fact that, that USC was able to go into the transfer portal and bring basically every skills player to their team, I mean, that you can't account for that, right? Like, Utah can be doing all the right things, and you're going to get these teams that are going to do great. You you know, I think, obviously, Oregon expected to be able to get something good out of Bo Nix, but I think, you know, if they're being honest, they're surprised, too, right? I think they saw a consistent quarterback in their eyes that could do something well, but the fact that he's he you know was in conversations for the Heisman and different things that way that that bodes really well for a team and, and nobody's going to expect that so you know it, it, it's not a time to get complacent and say that all oh, Utah's arrived and you know they're they're where they need to be because they still have a lot to do but the reality is is you still have teams around you that are going to be competitive right so um, this is it, that's the nature of the sport you're always trying to be better you're always trying to do things you're trying to one up another team and and things happen, right? Injuries happen. That's, that's just the nature of it. You know, Tennessee loses Hendon Hooker for the season to an ACL injury. I mean, that's, that's tough things that happen to teams that, you know, you're not expecting and, and, you know, things can flip one way. I mean, the reality is, is Utah's, you know, one two point conversion away from losing the game to USC and you can play that, that backwards game as well. So, you know, look, take it, take the wins as they are. Enjoy the season. Uh, it's Utah's last game of the regular season, and anything else that happens after that is golden. Even if it's a bowl game that, you know, some of these seniors or other guys uh, step out, somebody like a Clark Phillips to to focus on the NFL draft, like give it an opportunity for the young guys to step in and and, and kind of earn their keep. So uh, just right. enjoy it. And, and, so that's how it is. Yeah, uh, and you, and you can't get mad at these players because they've given their heart and soul to the program. And um, chances are, depending on who you're playing, um, they're probably going to be sitting guys too. So, I mean, it's a two-way street, right? It's not like, you know, outside of, you know, even in the Rose Bowl where we saw, you know, Ohio State players sit out because one, if they get hurt, that's a significant monetary yep. loss that they would have, you know, in their draft stock or have, do they come back for another year? Like, you, what, you start playing that game, like, that man, you're talking millions of dollars on the table for some of these players. Uh, but you know it, it does go both ways. So even even in a game as big as the Rose Bowl, I, th- I think that unless it's in the, I mean, unless these players are playing for the national championship, which even then I I could still see you know if they're a potential draft grade guy who could go on the first day or two, they probably are not going to be playing. Yeah, and that's just the reality where we are. And you can't fault them. Like I I I would want this the guaranteed money too. <laughs> 
So, well, that, um, that's the thing. Like, if you, I, I understand, like, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, heartburn over these types of things over the last few years. And I think changing the teams or changing the, changing it to 12 teams for a playoff helps eliminate some of that, right? Because it gives teams a yeah, chance. I think so. But at the same time, you know, these guys have to do what's best, right? They don't owe you anything as a fan. Obviously, like, you've been able to cheer them on, but their whole purpose was to come and go. And you look at a guy like a Clark Phillips who his whole purpose was to get to the NFL. You know, he, he knew that he wanted to do it in three years, and he knew that that was an opportunity for him. And, and there's no real incentive for him to go play in the Alamo Bowl or Las Vegas Bowl or wherever Utah lands because his, his dream is finally being realized, right? I mean, the, the fact that he's the interception leader in the country kind of says what's going on. He's, he's given himself an opportunity, and if he can do whatever he can to put himself in a better position, why not take it, right? And I, and I think right. that, that's where things, it, it, you know, it's called fan for fanatics or fandom, whatever you want to call it, but I think you have to kind of take a step back here and, and look at these things because these are, are real people that are trying to accomplish real goals. Like, you would never you know, undercut somebody in, in the professional world because you feel like they owe you something. No, they, they owe it to themselves and they owe it, to, you know, to be able to increase their, their chance of making more money or, or providing a better life for their family or different things that way. And so, you know, look, take it for the entertainment value, have fun. I mean, I think that's, that's the nature of it and don't get too caught up in it. So that's my take. Uh, that's <laughs> Josh's take of the day. That's my uh, two Real cents. quickly, I want to talk about the basketball team because they, they faced a, a tough Sam Houston State team last weekend. They got the loss. You weren't, you weren't there. You were on your way to Eugene, but I'm sure that you've seen the film. Uh, they faced the Georgia Tech team that's undefeated on the season so far. They've only played three games. They're looking for their first 4-0 start in the last 14 years. So Fort Myers tip-off tonight. It's four o'clock, I guess this afternoon at four o'clock in Florida. What, what, I mean, it, they, they just flat out got bullied by Sam Houston, the Bearcats with a K. And it was discouraging uh, to, to watch that, that game because you, on paper, there's no reason that Utah, I mean, I, they were favored by 10, you know, it, it should, I mean, it was by far their toughest opponent to date, but the way that Sam Houston was able to control that game. And really Utah was always trying to play catch up. Uh, they got it to within one late and then the Bearcats closed out with like a 10 all run uh, to, to, to extend the gap. What is it going to take for Utah to kind of turn the corner, I guess, and, and you, you can't just be more physical, you know, you, you can, you can preach it all you want, but what is it really going to take for Utah to, to be more competitive in these games? Yeah, I think, you know, the physicality is obviously one of that, right? And and they talked about beginning of the season that they needed to be more physical and they needed to uh, really win the rebounding game and do different things that way to be able to make sure that they give them another chance, second chance points, whatever that may be. But but ultimately, I really think it comes down to just you need people that can score the ball, right? And, and, and Utah's in a scenario where... They've, you can see that they've definitely improved. And we've talked about this in the last few weeks that, that the offense is one of the areas that I've kind of been looking at the whole time. I, I just, until they can get some consistency out of that, maybe like with Stavanovich or, or now you get Marco Anthony back, getting something back with him and being able to get some consistency until they can do it. I think Utah's going to be in a very similar situation that they have been in the last few years, whether that's under Craig Smith or Larry Kostowiak. Like this, this is a scenario where you need guys to be able to score at a high clip and, and, and you know, if, if you're not the most physical team, okay, own it and find a different way, right? Find a way to be able to win those games. And I think 
that's where Craig Smith is going to have to figure out this next layer. And I think this week, especially in the, you know, the Fort Myers tournament and everything that way, this gives them an opportunity to kind of finalize a lot of that stuff. The reality is, is they, they haven't been healthy. They haven't been healthy since Craig Smith started his, his tenure at Utah. They've always had somebody mixing and matching and pulling and doing different things this way. That once they can finally get a consistency, I think that'll help. But that's not really a good excuse either, right? Like Craig knows that, and he understands that they need to be able to find something. They need to get a spark. They need somebody that's able to do things, and it's just a matter of of trying to do it. So, you know, he's he's still in the point of the season where he's trying to mix and match and trying to create these these lineups that work. But I think we're getting now to the point where you kind of have to get that set. And the guys that are going to consistently produce are the guys that are going to have to play, right? And then that de- that depth and that bench, that shrinks a little bit as guys kind of lose their spot. And and, and that's just the nature of what it's going to be. You're, you're going to have these games where you lose to a Sam Houston. You're going to have these games where, uh, you know, these other teams are going to give you a pop. But you hope that you're building towards that NCAA tournament. Not that I think they're necessarily headed towards that. But I think if you can get some consistency on offense and you can find a good, you know, rotation, I think that's going to help Utah more than anything. So today, four o'clock, check them out on FS1 Utah versus Georgia Tech. They will play the winner of Marquette, Mississippi State, or the loser, depending on how the game turns out. Uh, I believe that one will be on Wednesday uh, yeah. TV to be announced. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, a great start to the season for Craig Smith outside of that game versus uh, Sam Houston State, in which Utah was never really able to get it going offensively. We'll see if the the Utes are able to sp- respond. And you know, I think that this this is the type of game where it's going to tell you a lot about the the heart of the team, um, and it's also going to basically tell you a lot about how how they're going to do in the Pac-12 because Georgia Tech is it they're they're they're, they're a good program, but they're not great, yeah. right? Uh, so this is a game where, I mean, Utah's favored by four and a half again, despite the loss uh, at home. So we'll see how it plays out. But uh, good luck to the running Utes tonight at uh, 4 o'clock. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. There's a lot going on right now at this time of the year. So you can kind of get your fix wherever you need. But uh, we're going to – basketball, we're gonna, baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, no more baseball. They, they have some fall, but, yeah, not much. But we, we appreciate you guys checking us out. We've, we've gone a little long today, but we appreciate you kind of listening and, and kind of hearing what we have to say and kind of giving our takes on, on the sport and, and getting Solomon's takes on everything. I think that adds to it. But we, we appreciate everything that you guys uh, you know do to help us understand what we need to, to do. And uh, we're always looking for feedback and anything that you may want to, to share with us. But uh, I just want to thank everybody, and I hope that everybody has a, a great Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy the time go f- you know get your face stuffed with 27 cheeseburgers if you really must maybe, if you're into that sort of thing maybe it's two pounds of lobster i don't know if that's what you really want but <laughs> that mm. wash it down good. with the sugary cold cola that's got berries and cream and, and, and then a crumble else. cookie just to really like solidify the, the true level so <laughs> well, there you go anyways thanks for listening and uh we will chat with you again next week